a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a pre recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And good morning, and thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about recovery in the time of quarantine and social distancing. My guest, Dr. Eric Barker. Dr. Barker is the medical director at Intermountain's Day Spring Clinic in Logan. And Charlotte Prather. And Charlotte, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, you are. Thank you. Welcome. And Charlotte is the substance use disorder counselor at the Day Spring Clinic in Logan as well. Let's talk about, first of all, what you two are seeing in your clinics. Uh, This is such a stressful time. This has to just really make things a little bit more stressful on your end. Doctor, why don't you start? Sure. Uh, thank you for having me here this morning. Yes, it's, a, I think, an important time for us to be considering how to support people who are in recovery from uh, struggles with substances and addictions. And uh, some of the things that we're seeing, uh, I, I think, are probably general problems that also we're experiencing as a population uh, as a whole. Um, a lot of folks are struggling with uh, the social isolation of um, our uh, what, what's being called social distancing, uh, although in, in mental health care, we are uh, quick to remind people that uh, we're trying to encourage physical distancing as opposed to social distancing because we still need people to be socially connected. Um, and then just increased levels of anxiety and stress uh, about uncertainties regarding work, regarding health, and when might life get back to normal, which uh, really takes a toll on individuals who are in recovery. Um, we know that stress and anxiety is a risk factor for, for relapse. So um, th- these are some of the things that already are active issues that, that we're addressing on a, on a daily basis at our clinic. Right. Charlotte, give us your perspective. Um, Just to reiterate what Dr. Barker has said, um, we are seeing a higher level of relapse and anxiety that does come from our clients. Um, A lot of fear um, that I'm seeing and talking with them and just being isolated. This is a disease of isolation and we need to connect. And so just trying to teach them ways to be able to connect with people either over the can over you know the phone or through things like um, WebEx or Zoom or um, Microsoft Teams, just being able to connect with people. I think it's it's difficult. I mean, we saw this morning our, our difficulty with doing a recording on Teams for the first time. So this does have to be challenging and cause just that extra level of stress or layer of stress for your your clients. Most definitely. And we, well, you lose that, that in-person connection as well, too. There's, there's, a, there's almost a bond that happens with our, you know, my client and me as a counselor that, you know, I'm not able to pick up on those social cues or those in-person cues that I normally would be able to. 
Yeah, Dr. Barker, it's very interesting how our body language, how our facial expressions really add in our communication with one another. It, it certainly is. Um, and, and I think that it's something that we probably sort of took for granted in uh, times past, but now is becoming more evident for, for us in our uh, interactions with others as we try to uh, accl- acclimatize to, to using these uh, video chat type of technologies. And oftentimes, you know, there's a little bit of a delay, so it can kind of make it a little bit hard to know when should you jump into the conversation and so forth. Sometimes the the connection can be a little bit fuzzy and then it speeds up for a minute to catch up. And um, so, you know, across all sectors at the moment, I think that's something people are, are getting used to. Um, and uh, I, I certainly agree with, uh, with what uh, Charlotte uh, said about that there is an importance to, to being there and present with someone to be able to really see the whole picture of their communication. So we're, we're lucky that we have these uh, video technologies, but uh, you know, there are still instances where it doesn't quite replace uh, having a, a personal conversation uh, one-on-one with somebody or in a group room together so that you can notice if there's a member of the group who seems to be giving off signals that you know, they're, they're struggling with something and so forth, so that that can be something that's, um, that, that others point out and, and try to, to help that individual um, more than uh, if they were on a technology platform, it might kind of go unnoticed sometimes. Right. So could and, I describe your kind of preliminary advice to folks? I mean, it's an oversimplification to say, oh, hey, just calm down. Kind of talk about your conversations and how to help people work through um, this physical distancing. Sure. So the the thing that, that we try to reiterate is that it is still important to to stay socially connected. So um, a lot of folks are finding uh, like message boards or text messaging um, to be uh, a very effective way. Um, it's It has been a challenge for, for some patients in that um, uh, th- there are a number of uh, peer support groups. And, and just for a little bit of background about peer support, you know, when, when we're treating uh, addiction and helping someone into recovery, there are sort of several different aspects that, that help out. Um, having a, a physician to help with medical issues and medications is helpful. Having a, a counselor to help with professional counseling and one-on-one counseling is helpful. But it's, it's really hard to overstate the importance of, of peer support. Other people who have been down that road, and um, I, I often think about a, a time when I had a patient who was struggling early on, uh, was was res- a little hesitant about going to peer support groups, did attend a, a few groups, and then came back and told me, you know, Dr. Barker, you're, you're a nice guy, but I don't think anything that you would have done or told me would have helped me be successful. But I went to that group, and Bobby was there from high school, and I know Bobby, and Bobby's in recovery, and if he can make it work, then I knew I could make it work, and that's what really helped me through. And um, so a lot of these groups have gone virtual, which is is better than, certainly better than nothing. So we're very grateful for that. And, and we, we are encouraging people to try and, and, and utilize that resource. Uh, we are seeing some problems where a lot of the meetings might fill up. Uh, I, I'm being told that uh, some of these virtual groups 
patients aren't able to to get in because there's sort of a cap on how many the technology is able to accommodate it. It seems like um, if if I'm hearing them correctly, I, and uh, you know, I think we're all learning about what are the capabilities and limits of the technology. So I don't want to misrepresent what might or might not be out there. But um, I think that trying to take take some extra time uh, for pauses between communications at these meetings, uh, for making sure that someone's been able to have their say, that others have been able to hear and uh, kind of process what, what what's being shared. It uh, I think it it goes just a probably a little bit slower, but you know the the basics of being there and sharing experiences, sharing frustrations, sharing successes are, are all still the, the same sort of principles that, that have always existed and been successful in these uh, peer support uh, recovery settings. And Charlotte, what would you add? Um, I just, yeah, the same thing. I mean, it's that connection when, when you're dealing with somebody, another addict helping another addict, um, is very, very important because there are certain aspects of addiction that people that haven't suffered from a, an addiction the way that other people have, um, such as opioids or methamphetamine or alcohol, have suffered. They're just they're not able to comprehend um, what what they're feeling or what they're going through. Um, I hear that all the time when I'm talking with my clients is, well, how do you know? Have you been down that road? Um, fortunately, I have. And um, so that helps in my aspect of being a counselor. Um, but I turn around and tell my clients, why didn't other people that didn't have addiction issues, what did they do that they didn't have to turn to alcohol or drugs like we did? Um, and so that we could learn a lot from people that haven't had alcohol issues or addiction issues with opiates or methamphetamine. Um, so there's a lot to be learned from everybody. Um, but that peer support is most different. There's places that I'm not able to go um, as a counselor because of the guidelines through the state and my licensure that peer support people are able to go um, into their homes. I'm, I don't go into people's homes. Um, but peer support people or recovery coaches might be able to see that other aspect of maybe them under presenting to um, to the counselor and give other feedback so that they can be helped in a roundabout way. Right. Before we take a break, I want to make sure if there's anyone listening that they know where to go to get help. Could you give a number or a place for them to turn if there's someone listening right now that would really like to get some help? I think that's a couple of good resources. If you if you search for the term ASAM support groups, uh, so ASAM is A-S-A-M, it stands for the American Society of Addiction Medicine. Uh, they have created a, a website with a number of resources, where to find virtual meetings, how to get connected to local uh, AA and other peer re uh, recovery groups, um, podcasts that, that are uh, quality, um, helpful resources. Um, um, apps you can have on your phone. So uh, th those are all um, a, a number of great resources. Uh, we'll probably talk about a few of those resources in, in the coming moments, but uh, that's where I've been suggesting folks look. All right, let's take a break. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.